Welcome to Lean Strong Radio, the only podcast for women showing you how to upgrade your body, mind, and life using a plant-based diet. We're smart, sophisticated, we think big, and we are rewriting the rules for nutrition and success in life. Join me, your host, Nikki Riot, as I break down how to have more energy, less stress, and create the life and body of your dreams. Hey, 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 what's up, you guys? I hope you're surviving quarantine life. We're living it and loving it over here, so things are good. Um, So we're going to talk about today, I'm going to give you six steps to living an elite life. And it really is about how to improve the way that we respond to life's events in order to achieve the outcomes that move our life forward in the direction that we want. So (laughs) I know that's kind of a long title, but essentially that's what we're going to talk about. Um, And this is, so like last night we had kind of just like a little cul-de-sac get together. We all followed protocol. So don't send me any hate emails. Um, All sat six feet apart, but it was good to see like other humans and get some fresh air. So that was good. But we learned that our soccer season here was canceled. And so he was saying, Oh, you know, we're just kind of waiting for baseball to get canceled too. But he said, he was like, man, you know, I got to get his little one or his son. He was like, I got to get back out to the baseball fields with him. But I'm kind of like, what's the point, you know? And he's like, if we're not going to have a baseball season, what's the point? I mean, and he was kidding, but um, he was like, no, I'm, I'm trying not to get into that mindset. And, you know, so we kind of joked about it, some other things. But that's so true, especially like during this time. But I think that this is true or can be true anytime in life where you're like, you know, I don't know, what's the point of trying to get out of debt? Or what's the point of doing this? Or what's the point? And honestly, there definitely is a point um, to a lot of things. But it's super important that we don't like allow ourselves to go into default mode. Um, And, you know, you know, none of us really wake up being average. I mean, especially if you listen to this podcast, you're a highly motivated person, but you don't wake up wanting to pursue average, right? But that's most people's default. Now, I'm not saying this, my friend, he was totally kidding, but that's most people's default. And so people that are high achievers, people that do things like just, you know, at a higher level, they have a plan for building the life they want. But ultimately, they've built disciplined behaviors that propel them towards their ultimate outcome. So we're just going to kind of talk about that. I'm going to give you guys six steps for building that dis- those disciplined habits, I guess, um, and give you a framework of how to visually think through things to build those disciplines that will take you to your ultimate outcomes, whatever those may be. And the reason that like you have to under, like, this is really going to be the foundation, the foundation of, um, of everything because it's mindset work because mindset, your brain and your mind are good. That's ultimately what t- tells your body what to do. So that is what drives your action. So a lot of people will sit there and think that it's just action and wonder why they're not making any progress. And it's because their mindset they don't have the right foundational pieces of, and do that mindset work that's needed to make them, to do the correct actions in order to get them to their goal. So hopefully uh, that makes sense. So the first thing 
that you have to understand is you have to have a reason. You have to have a reason of why you're wanting to do something. So if you're not feeling motivated right now, really start to think about some outcomes, some that you want to achieve in your life, whether it's getting out of debt, whether it's, you know, um, I don't know, building, building your wealth, whatever that means to you, um, whether it's getting in shape, you know, you have to really be specific when it comes to a lot of things, but deciding on your outcome and then what's your reason for doing so. Cause if you don't have a reason, just like our friend was talking like, Oh, what's the point? Like, what's the reason? If you don't have a reason, you're not going to do anything. So you really have to have an outcome that you want to achieve and a reason. But like I said, there are two different things that kind of happen. And this is a daily battle. Um, and I'm going to teach you how to fight this battle to achieve, you know, really what you want to achieve. But when I said nobody wants, wakes up pursuing average, what kind of what that means is most people go like revert to their default behaviors. So default behaviors, it's just kind of the easy thing to do or almost like the popular thing to do. It's, and it's definitely celebrated, especially in our culture today, but default behaviors are typically characterized by three things, impulse, autopilot, and resistance. I'm going to go through what, what those means, but those are typically characteristics of, of default type behaviors. On the flip side of that coin, you've got disciplined behaviors. So, and I don't mean disciplined in like a negative sense, discipline, meaning, um, things, the three things that characterize disciplined behaviors are intention, purpose, and skill. And so if you put those two side by side, if you're looking at discipline on the left and default, maybe on the right, you know, you, a disciplined person, a person with disciplined behaviors will show up with intention versus impulse purpose versus just being on autopilot and then skill versus resistance. And resistance is like anything that, um, kind of like when you feel like, oh, you know, you've got a workout plan and you don't want to go do it for whatever reason, or you make excuses or, you know, you come up with reasons not to go or whatever, that's resistance. And so it's just something of the human nature, but as you build up disciplined behaviors, you build up skill and then you don't have that resistance anymore. And so that's kind of the name of the game. And I'm going to give you a framework on, on really how to walk through that. So we're talking about disciplined behaviors versus default behaviors. And whether you respond to life's events with default behaviors or disciplined behaviors are ultimately what is going to determine your outcome. Okay. So again, this is not something that I created. This is something that was taught to me, um, several years ago and, um, as an athlete actually. Um, and so this is going to help you whether in business in your relationships, help you achieve your fitness and nutrition goals, all of it. But I want you guys to think about this formula. I'm a, I can be a very formulaic thinker and not everything in life, you know, is a formula, but it's helpful to visualize these formulas in order to build the habits and build the skill that's going to determine a favorable outcome for you. Okay. So it's really, really simple. It's called E plus R equals O. And basically the E is stands for event. That's life, life circumstances, something that happens, the situation you're in, you know, whatever, that's the event. And then the R is response. 
The response is your choice. It's how you choose to respond or how you choose to behave, um, how you choose to show up. And then the O is the outcome. So E plus R equals O. All right. So let's dig into that R piece because that we don't really have any control over the event and we don't, I mean, we have control over the outcome in so much as we control the R. So it's like, maybe, I don't know, is that algebra? <laughs> if that's algebra, maybe it's just, I don't know, equation solving. But if it is algebra, we can all praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We found one thing that we can use algebra for later in life after high school. So I don't know. But anyways, so it's E plus R equals O, but we can't really control the E and we can only control the O in so much as we can control that R. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how to control the R. I'm going to give you six steps um, to really improve that R so you get a better O. <laughs> okay. Um, and, you know, I want you to understand that this is, it's all about knowing what your end goal is and the growth process and understanding that growth is a day-to-day, slow, small process. I mean, we can even look to nature for this, but I mean, like a tree, like you don't plant a tree and then, you know, every day you expect it to be a foot taller and make these gains and, you know, all these things. And I think that that's something that's so celebrated in our culture that have, that's kind of given us a false reality because that's not how growth works. Growth is small, it's slow, and it's daily um, and very, very seasonal, you know? And so, so that's just an important thing for you to remember, but let's talk about what are six things that we can do to improve our responses to life's events so that we improve our outcome, our ultimate outcome. Okay. So number one, first thing you're going to want to do in any event, whether it's, um, you know, you find yourself in a quarantine or you're talking with your boss or an employee and they say something you don't like or your husband or, you know, whatever, any life event that happens, here's how you can improve your response to give you a favorable outcome. The first thing you want to do is press pause. You really want to gain clarity of the situation of the event. Okay, so you're going to get better as you do this over and over and over again, or as you have many more life events, which sometimes just take time. Um, but the first thing you want to ask yourself is what outcome do I want here? Like what, a, what do I want to happen? And then what E do I have? So what is the event? And then what R do I need? Okay, so for instance, and this is just an example that happened yesterday. So it's kind of fresh in my mind. I probably have millions of these, but, um, my middle son breaker is like a sugar freak. Like he would live off of fun dip and airheads if we would let him. So, which drives me absolutely. You guys probably can guess like that drives, you know, me absolutely insane. So, um, when during basketball season, and here's why he love air like why he loves airheads. So during basketball season, he got some airheads in his uh, Valentine's Day box, and I usually will throw candy away before they even get it. However, I'm trying not to be. If you guys have ever seen that movie Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, we just watched it like I don't know a few months ago, and like the dad in the movie was like 
neurotic, like insane about him not having candy. <laughs> and we're watching this movie and the dad's like, no, you cannot have candy. And the kid's just like, so like dejected and literally collectively all three boys and my husband, like just turn and look at me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll back off a little bit. I'll back off. Um, but anyways, he got some, uh, he got an airhead in his Valentine's box and he wanted to eat it. And I was like, fine, you can have it before your next basketball game. So, you know, you'll, you'll use essentially use that, that sugar, um, for your game as it turns out, had the best game of his life. And so he like then started implementing an airhead as his pregame ritual. So I was like, fine, whatever. Um, and that, that was his thing. And I was like, okay. So anyways, my husband goes to Sam's and buys the like 90 box of airheads. I, I really had to work on my R during that event. <laughs> but, but I was like, are you kidding me? So now we've got these freaking 90 airheads in the cabinet and it's, you know, nowhere to use them. So break or I'll sneak them. Anyways, I've got to watch him on that one. But my youngest son, Ace, um, he and Breaker just like go at it. And so we're really working on them, you know, being friends, but now I'm to work through that, but they will go at it. And Ace, Breaker was upstairs and Ace said, mom, there's Airhead on the couch. And I nearly lost it because this is, had happened in our previous house before we moved and Breaker had gotten some like red Airhead on the couch. And I was like, oh, um, and I was so ticked off about it. So I had had a previous experience with again, this situation that happened yesterday, but the last time it happened, it was not a favorable outcome. Okay. So when I think about like what my end goal is, I want to have a great relationship with my kids. Um, and losing your cool on them, you know, yelling, speaking unkindly, not super helpful to having a great relationship with your kids, right? Well, that's what happened the last time. So I was ticked off that he got airhead on the couch the last time. Um, and so, you know, when Ace said that there was airhead on the couch, I, and anyways, the last time, and I kind of got onto him and he was, he's super, super sensitive. And so he was really upset about it and I had to apologize and, you know, whatever, really I was ticked off because he was eating a dang airhead, but whatever. So it was not a good outcome the last time this happened. And in anything in life, you're going to get tested again. So I got tested again yesterday and Ace was like, mom, there's airhead on the couch. So I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to just like automatically like believe exactly what the five-year-old is saying and just snap on breaker without even investigating what happened. So So I paused and I was like, okay. So I was like, oh, okay, let me see. So I went over and looked ended up being like some fuzz from a blanket, like a red blanket. And I was like, oh, it's just some fuzz. So Breaker, I didn't even say any, I didn't even have to say anything to him because it wasn't, you know, accurate. So I told Ace, I was like, hey, buddy, make sure that before you go accusing somebody of something, you better make sure that it's legit because you could have just gotten Breaker in trouble over a piece of fuzz from a blanket, you know? So anyways, it was a teaching moment for Ace, but it gave me the the outcome that I wanted with Breaker in, in so much as that it, it did not damage our relationship because I snapped on him or yelled at him or whatever. And he didn't get in trouble for eating an airhead that he wasn't supposed to eat. So because I pressed pause and I thought of the event, like the outcome that I wanted, I was able to handle that situation in a, on a much higher level than just reacting. So essentially I was able to respond instead of react. And that might seem like a ridiculous like example, but it's just one that happened to, to me yesterday. And it's those little things that do 
add up, especially if you're trying to have a great relationship with your kids. It's those little things that do, you know, that build that or tear that relationship down. So, you know, so it's something that that is important to me, but you can think about that in so many, um, so many different ways, thinking about how you might've responded and did that give you a favorable outcome or not? So, um, you know, because rarely, and this was an example from the last time that it had happened, your first reaction to any event is rarely the one that you need to have a favorable outcome. It's rarely your best. So as you build up the skill of responding instead of reacting, it it will be start to become your first reaction and then that will be your best. But in the beginning, you, your first reaction is rarely rarely your best and what you need to have a favorable outcome. So you have to press pause, gain some clarity and say, you know what, what outcome do I want? What E, what E am I dealing with? And then how do I want to respond? So number one is get to press pause to, to press pause to gain clarity. All right. Number two, you've got to get your mind right. You know, I already said, but your mind is what is going to tell your body what to do. Your mindset is what drives action or inaction. And so you have to create the emotional energy that you need in order to do what's necessary. So emotion is always going to follow your thought. So a lot of people will basically just respond or really react to emotion and think like I'm mad and just act on that or I'm sad or I'm scared or I'm happy or I'm like whatever and just act on that and not and think that they are really just um, at the mercy of their emotions. But in reality, your mindset or your thoughts are what create your emotion. And so if you want a different emotion, if you want to bring a different emotion, emotional energy, you've got to look at your thoughts and look at your mindset. And so, you know, time, your health and your emotional energy are three things that like are the, are the most precious resources because once you spend your time, it's gone. Your health really without your health, um, you know, you, you don't have, I mean, it just makes it just, you're not living the fullest life that you can. I'm not saying that you can't live a full life if you don't have your full health. I'm not saying that, but you know what I mean? It's, it's something that it, that it is very, very precious and something that we should take care of is our health. Um, and then two, like our emotional, our energy, once you spend your energy, it's gone, you know? Um, and it's out there into the world. Like once you let your words out of your mouth, you can't put them back. And so and some of you just really need to be intentional about your time, about your health and about your energy. So um, understanding that you can create your energy based on your mindset and different situations will require different mindsets and, and different energy. So for instance, my default um, when it comes to energy or when it comes to a certain mindset is like in a situation, if there's an event, my default would be to like jump in, like here, I'll handle this. I'll do this, da, 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 back up, like take charge. That's my default. But that is not always the best R response. That's not always the best response for the outcome that I want. That just happens to be my default. Sometimes the best response, depending on the outcome that you want, depending on the event that you're in, the best thing to do is sit and listen. 
or to just ask questions, not necessarily take charge. You know what I mean? So you have to be emotionally agile in order to get the outcome that you want. And you're only going to be able, you're going to be able to do that, you know, just with practice, but you cannot allow the E or the event, the situation to dictate your response. You can't allow the E to dictate your R. You have to bring your energy. You have to bring the right R to the event. And once you can figure out how to, how to make that your default, and you're going to do that through discipline, that really truly is a superpower uh, because emotion is energy. And when you are the one that's dictating the energy, you're really setting the temperature that is really where you can be effective as a leader and in your home, at work, and really where you can get stuff done. Like if you can dictate the energy um, to get over the fact that you don't want to work out every day, that is really where um, your power is. So don't give your power away to the event and understand that you are very much in control of that. Okay, so we're going to fly these next three are super quick, but the third one Step number three, so if step number one is to get clarity, so press pause, get clarity. Step number two is get your mind right and bring the, the right emotion, the right energy that's necessary for the event. Um, and then number three is you've got to step up. You've got to take action. So for every outcome that you want, there is a necessary R. So if you want to get in the best shape of your life, if you want to go vegan, if you're, if you want to go plant-based, if you want to get out of debt, there is a necessary response from you in order to achieve that outcome. So most people will default and they'll either, um, blame or say, Oh, I can't do this because this or, Oh, or come up with all kinds of excuses, which, um, I'm actually going to do a part two to this podcast and teach you how to navigate through, um, through that resistance. But step number three an, an, is understanding you have, there's a necessary R that you have to do in order to get that outcome. And when you can become disciplined enough to not debate or not blame or complain or anything like that, and just do the thing, you will build the skill that that will now become your default and taking action every single time. But you've got to have the right mindset before you take that action. Otherwise you will get on this like hamster wheel of resistance, action, inaction, and you'll never make any progress towards your ultimate outcome or your ultimate goal. So step number three, step up and take action. Step number four is adjust and adapt. So like I said, you know, there, I love formulas, but there's so much of life that's not a form, you know, that isn't formulaic and that you might have that right R and you might not get the right, the O, the outcome that you want, or you might not get the outcome that you want. Like in my previous example, when I was talking about breaker and he got airhead on the couch and I, you know, yelled at him and was snappy and just short, I didn't get the outcome I wanted because that did not help our relationship. That did not help help bring us together that actually put a wedge between us. Um, that's not the outcome that I want. So I had to reflect on that outcome and like, how can I have a better, more effective R? So I had to adjust the R. So again, I got a chance to do that yesterday and I had a, a much better R that gave me the outcome that I wanted. 
And so I was super proud of that. And that's another thing that's important is when you do have the right response to something, congratulate yourself on that because your brain needs that, um, that reward, you know, to that stimulus. It needs that reward to really ingrain that habit into, into your neural network. So when you do have the right response, like I did yesterday, you know, spend some time be like, hell yeah. Like, you know, I pat myself on the back on that one. Um, and so, but when you don't get the O that you want, you might have to adjust the R. And again, this goes kind of back to where some people will say like, oh, well, I mean, I couldn't respond. How, how am I supposed to be nice when she talked to me that way? Or when she was the one, you know, blah, 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 blah. Or when my boss was a jerk, how am I supposed to respond? I'm not going to let him talk to me that way. But there's always a response there's always a, the best response to give you the, the ultimate outcome. And so you have to understand if, if you are blaming or complaining or making excuses of why you didn't have the best R possible, I'm going to teach you how to navigate through that in part two, um, part two of this kind of, well, it's not really a series, but you know what I mean? Part two, <laughs> part two in another episode, because I don't want to make this super long. Um, but you do have to adjust and adapt your, your R after you reflect on your outcome. Okay. So that's step number four. Step number five is, I don't know, it's not really a step, I guess, but, um, deliver a positive experience. So understanding that your R, your response to an E, to an event or a circumstance situation is someone, so your R is someone else's E. And what I mean by that is the way that you respond, the words that you say, or the actions that you take, or the attitude or the energy that you bring, that is an E for someone else. So for instance, going back to that um, situation that I used with Breaker and the airhead on the couch, um, my response to that E then became his E. So when I yelled and I snapped at him, that was his event. That was his experience of me. And that was not an optimal thing for him. So then he had to try to navigate with the best response. Well, he was seven. I mean, he is not going to come with an ultimate response or, you know, a good response to that. And so the outcome wasn't good for either one of us. And that is not what we want as high achieving women at all. And so understand that your attitude, your actions, and your words are somebody else's E. That's how they feel or what they see or what they hear. And so we want to deliver a positive experience um, you know, because we want to have the positive impact on this world and those around us. So understanding that your response is really, really important and it is something that matters. And then lastly, um, and this is getting into really what it means to be elite, um, is really just meaning you have a skill. You know, if you think about elite athletes, that they're just very skilled at what they do, whether it's a surgeon or whether, like I said, it's an athlete, um, I mean, people in business, whatever, um, they just have built that skill. And so understanding, so number six is really just building a skill, but you have to, it all starts with that right mindset. So you have to choose your energy. You have to choose the mindset that you're going to bring. And then, you know, number three is you have to 
it goes, you've got to do the work. You have to step up and take action. You have to be willing to do the work and then you have to be coachable, which is, you know, essentially adjusting and adapting. You have to be willing to take responsibility for your R and saying, man, I didn't respond the right way, or I did respond the right way, you know, whatever, but you have to be coachable and not just blame or defend or make excuses or complain or any of that, um, which is what we're going to talk about in part two. So I'm going to teach you if you find yourself having a lot of resistance and, um, you know, doing certain things, or if you find yourself saying like, yeah, but (laughs) I do a lot of things, I'm going to teach you why that is something that is really holding you back from achieving your optimal and ultimate outcomes. And I'm going to teach you how to navigate through that in uh, part two of this. But I hope you guys found that helpful. Um, those six steps to to that and using that framework in any situation that you find yourself in will really help deliver um, that optimal outcome. So, you know, if your morning, part of your morning ritual, if you're journaling, really think about some of the outcomes that you want in the different parts of your life. And then, you know, the reason behind those, spend some time with those each morning, because most people that don't achieve their goals, it's not because they lack willpower or discipline. I mean, sometimes, I mean, discipline's a skill, you got to build that, but it's not because they, they don't lack their, they don't lack the resources or the discipline or the, the willpower to do it. It's honestly, because literally it's not in front of you enough. Like you just forget about it. You're like, Oh man, I forgot. I was like not drinking coffee or I, please, I don't know who would attempt that, but you know what I mean? Like most people just forget. So it's really important that you start your day um, with those intentions. So that's something to work into your morning ritual if you have one. And if you don't have one, that's definitely something that, um, you will want to start implementing because that will definitely affect, um, your achieving your outcome. So anyways, I hope that that was helpful for you guys. We'll have a part two to this and talk about how to navigate resistance and how to push through that, um, so that you can continue building your skill to being elite and your superpower of bringing your optimal R to every event to achieve the optimal outcome. All right. Well, you guys have an awesome day and I'll see you next time. Bye guys. Lean Strong Radio is the elevated conversation about nutrition and the modern woman. And I'm honored you've tuned in. Until next time.